we are talking all about money, but this episode is all about part two, and part one, we talked about how we should view money biblically, and part two, today's episode is all about how we should manage it in a biblical way. So, we just dive into some of the deeper topics here, and it's going to be a longer episode, but trust us, you're going to want to listen to the whole episode. We have so much to share with you, and we have a lot of tips to share on how you can manage your money, and you can also invest your money. So, listen on. Welcome to the Simple Mission Podcast. Figuring out your dodge of a mission does not have to be complicated. Rather, it is simple. Hosted by us, David and Leanna, we seek to equip others to know the Bible in order to grow closer to God, while we share about our life living for Christ. Ultimately, we filter complicated topics through the simple lens of the gospel. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Money, health, and safety. What do you think of when you think of those three things? Hmm, things that we think about all the time. Yeah, maybe things that we stress about. (laughs) That we worried about on a daily basis. That we worry about, yeah, so that is that. So basically, these are the top three worries in America and probably in the world. Um, And that's money, health, and safety. You know, however, you know, when this worry is uh, kind of developed into anxiety, it can have a major impact on our mental uh, and physical well-being. Um, you know, as well as, as, you know, it can get worse or it can, you know, get better, but most of the time it gets worse before it does get better. Um, so we're going to talk all about the biggest, I guess, worry and that's money just to try to help you all understand it, help you all get to know it a little bit more so that you can be familiar with it so that you can manage it properly. Um, we're going to talk a lot about some biblical aspects of how to manage your money, which is really cool. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time, <laughs> yes. and we're finally talking about it. And I feel like we've been studying this for so long and reading lots of books on all of this, on all of this topic. So we have a lot of information, we have a lot of knowledge that, that we just that want to pour it all out. Share, yeah, <laughs> that we want to pour out. You know, um, because you know, as we're talking about all this stuff right now, like you may be starting or off, or you may be like midway, or you may be like well advanced with your financial. Uh, I guess literacy, but you know, but like we're all in the same boat together, yeah. Uh, and we're not too far along from each other, and you know, uh, you know, and it can be difficult to manage sometimes and to understand it and how to go about it. But but God ultimately has blessed blessed us, um, and He wants us to be a steward uh with the finances that he has given us and so to be able to be a good steward of that you have to understand what you're doing and understand it what it means to uh manage it yeah so before we move into the episode deeper let me just uh let's just recap a little bit of part one if you didn't listen to any of it of how we should view money in in a biblical way so number one is all the money and wealth belong to god and god alone He's the one that gives it to us, and he blesses us, and he can also take it away. Number two is that God has called for us to live without anything tying us down or holding us back, and that includes trying to get rid of debt. Yeah. The third point is is that God gives us money to use wisely as 
a resource and tool with good stewardship in alignment with his word and the goals of your family. And the fourth is um, kind of a good segue into this episode, and that is every decision that you make with money, whether you're selling, buying, giving, investing, reveals your status of your relationship with God and your true intention and your true mentality when it comes to managing and viewing money. So those are the, I think, the four main points that we covered in um, part one that we want to make sure that we just kind of have it fresh in our minds before we dive deeper into managing our money. Yeah. And so, you know, we are, you know, the simple mission. And so this, you know, we're trying to make this as simple as possible. Uh, And a lot of times, like a lot of people tune out whenever they talk about money and finances, but (laughs) you don't have to tune out on this one. You know, we're going to have fun and we're going to talk about it lightly. Uh, and we may and we may get some get in, into some serious topics, but th- that's okay. And uh, you know there might be some challenges along the way too um, that we might challenge you all with. Um, but in the end, you know this is to help us. This is to become help to bring us out of that stage into the swamps. You know, coming onto the land um, so that you can see what's going on around you. Yeah. You know, so, and so the first thing that we want to bring up. Um, before we dive deeper deeper into managing money is you know your attitude towards money and um if you have a lot of you know love for money and you um, love having money making money um and this is something that a lot of people struggle with not just the rich people it can be regular people like you and me um the love of money can really just you know if you think about it can change you um and not for the best and it can change, like, people's perspective of you, the way that you see money and you love your money. And um, but loving money itself can really leads you down a really dark um, road. Um, and what is money after all? And how can one even fall in love with money? So if you think about your main priorities in your life, and if money is, like, one of your main priorities or, like, number one priority then that's how you can tell that you have the love of money in you. Wow. That, that's good. So let's read this Bible verse from 1 Timothy 6, through 9, uh, 6, 9. Excuse me. It says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Wow. That's basically what I just said about it can lead you down a really dark road and you know it leads you to ruin and destruction so yeah because like you know after all i mean what is being rich anyways i mean it could be it can mean a lot of things and it can you know i mean there's no end there's no i think what it means is is there's no end in sight and so that's that's kind of a little bit of the problem with that is that you're always going to be looking for the next buck you're always going to be looking for the next big moment and it never stops. And so I think that's what that means. And it can, you know, lead to a lot of uh, ruin and destruction, um, you know. And so basically, like, ask yourself this question. Do you exalt money above all else? I mean, everything you, you can think of in your life. Does money take first place? Yeah. And the other thing that um, I was just thinking about in our episode with Envy and Jealousy, I was actually listening to it again and... 
I it, it was either me or David that brought up how you know it's a vicious cycle that we try to chase after the things that we want and one of them can be money and um with money you know you're never going to be satisfied if you hit so like say if you wanted to make one million dollars you know if you hit it it's not going to satisfy you so you didn't be like I want to make a hundred million dollars and then one billion like it's just never gonna stop and I was listening to it and I'm like oh that's a perfect thing to br- bring up for this episode you know and David just said it like it's never gonna stop you know you're never gonna be fully satisfied um if you get the amount of money or you reach the goal that you wanted and that kind of goes into what the next verse is so Matthew 6 24 says no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Wow. That was a, a really good verse. And here's another cool verse that uh, Leanna put in there that I want to read from uh, Ecclesiastes 5.10. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. Oh, wow. I like how it says income because... Pretty much everybody has some kind of income coming in to, I guess, live their life. Like, pay the bills and, you know, pay off the house or the car or the things that you want. Like, we have to have some kind of money coming in. But it's hard to, I guess, if someone loves money, it's hard to navigate. Oh, I have income coming in to take care of me and my family. But if someone that loves money doesn't see that as, oh, it's something that takes care of me and the needs that I need, but they see that as, oh, it won't satisfy what I want in life. Like, all the things that doesn't matter in life, like, the income coming in doesn't satisfy it, then they're going to always want more and more and more and more. And those are some of the people that, you know, who are so afraid of losing their money and they're afraid to admit that money is running and ruining their life and money is controlling them. And so, you know, many people will go after the get rich quit schemes of this world, but what will that lead them to? What, where will the pursuit of money and wealth ultimately lead them and land in their life? So in Proverbs thirteen eleven says, wealth from get rich quit schemes quickly disappears and the wealth from hard work it grows over time so that really just defines like the definition of why we're going to talk about managing money in a biblical way in god's way versus the way of the world and how if you manage your money in the world's way and what you want in a selfish way um so that's the two i guess comparison that you can look at in proverbs thirteen eleven. yeah that's good and also kind of to think about this like this is how we leanna and i kind of view money and manage money when it comes to like love money and like do we love money like if you ask like david leanna do you love money this is this is what i would tell you i would tell you that we try our hardest to to have a little bit of love for money um, because of what it can do. And so imagine like all you men out there, right? You know, most of you know what a screwdriver is. You may have a toolbox laying around. Imagine that screwdriver as representing money. And let's just say that like it, it has function, it has durability, it'll probably last you a lifetime. 
it will do a lot of things, right? However, if you obsess over that screwdriver, like you're gonna take it everywhere with you and you're gonna like try to figure out how to use it in all scenarios. And then like at the end of the day, you can only use that screwdriver with certain applications in your life. You know, whether that's like taking out, like building a, um, building like a desk or like, you know, assembling something that you bought online and then you put it back up and you don't look at it again for months or years or weeks. And so, but it's a good tool to have because without it, we would be helpless, right? We'd be using our fingers and our fingers would be bleeding and stuff. And so that's kind of how we view money uh, or we try to view money as like a tool, as like a screwdriver. Also for, for women out there, you know, maybe like one of your pieces of makeup could be considered like a tool, right? Like mascara. So if you love mascara, you know, you're probably going to go buy all the mascaras in the world and you're going to hog them all. And then, you know, most of them will sit around forever and you'll never even open them, you know. And so then they'll just be there. And then if you don't know how to put on mascara or you don't know how to, like, choose the right color or the right whatever, then, you know, like, we were at the grocery store the other day and I was looking at the makeup while Leanna was getting some. And I was like, man, they have, like, brush. They have, like, certain brush bristle bristle things to, like, make your eyelashes go you wide know, oh i, I know what he, i know what he's trying to say he's saying that there's all different types of bristles like like there's certain masters that say oh like this one will make your lashes longer and then this one will make it fuller and this one will make it more voluminous and so on and the, he didn't know that until he came with me the one time <laughs> yeah but so that could be represented like what happens if you turned what happens if you make mascara number one in your life yeah. Like that, that would be kind of strange, right? Like, you wouldn't be able to get much done. Or what if you make that one screwdriver your number one priority in life? What, mm-hmm. how, like, what would that look like? So that's kind of how we see it, you know? And so, you know, basically, like, if you don't know how to use it properly, it's useless. And so that's how you can think of money, like the mascara and a screwdriver. If you don't know how to use it, it's useless, right? It'll sit there and never get used. And so, you know, when it comes to the love of money, if you love something so much, like, don't you want to, like, let's just say, like, some of you listening are, money's number one, okay? We're all human, right? Um, We sometimes get get that, too. Yeah. Every now and then we start getting sucked into it as well, so you're not alone. But let's just say that becomes number one. And you have no idea how to use it. You have no idea how to apply it. You have no idea what to do about it. It is going to be like... A, a screwdriver it's going to sit around and collect dust and so we don't want that for you like we want you to be financially intelligent to be able to to use your money to use your wealth whatever you have so that you can expand right and so that you can grow um instead of you know looking around waiting for for it to grow you know what i mean like you have to actually do it uh, and it takes hard work just like um you know just like that that bible verse says um and I love that, you know, uh, all of this is rooted in, um, in, in hard work, um, not the get rich quick schemes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you so. have to be very patient for that. Like a lot of people out there in the, in the U.S. and the in the world, everyone's always thinking of something. Oh, how can I get money quickly? And how can I do it fast? And in a way, like yeah, you may get the wealth wealth really quickly but then you might if you like like david said if you don't have the financial intelligence 
all the money that you made is probably going to be gone because you're going to spend it faster than you make it because you got it so quickly you don't know how to handle it or manage it. And so that's a really important point that you made because, you know, well, from hard work, it grows, but it's over time, meaning that you have to have patience and you have to have (laughs) the intelligence to understand your finances and the money that comes in and how to use the finances to your advantage. And also, we're going to bring it up to be generous with people. And it's not just for yourself. It's not just for your family. But it's to, to give and, um, you know, when the Holy Spirit says, oh, I want you to give this much to this cause or organization, like, then you can do it because you have the well, right? Yeah. So that's something we're going to bring up toward the end of the episode. But, um, you know, it is hard work and we do have to be patient. Yeah, that's the P word. Ugh. We don't like the P word. It's patience. We <laughs> we struggle with it. I'm sure you do too. Um, but th- we'll talk about that probably in another episode, uh, maybe in another season. Um, but or maybe in this season, we'll see. So you know, to kind of wrap up all this point, you know, you can love money, you know, more than ever uh, if you see as money as a safety net, you know, as as a security. That is, you know. Money can be easily placed over God. It can be easily placed over family. Uh, it can easily be idolized as a quote safety that brings you temporary um, safety, but not uh, a safety, eternal safety, not eternal happiness, not a, not the presence of God being around you and and lifting you up so that so that you don't have to have money to lift you up. You know what I mean? Um, but in the end, it's about fully trusting God to provide. Um, you know, when it comes down to it and money is just, like I said, just a tool in our toolbox. Yeah. And so, or, uh, or a tool in your makeup box. Oh, gosh. Ah. Let's just say toolbox for now. Yeah, let's just say toolbox. So why, so why are we called to manage money? You know, like why, why, why is that? You know, um, the Bible makes it real clear. Um, very, very, very clear on how we should manage our money. And there's very descriptive parable um, in the book of Matthew, right? Yeah, in, Ma- in Matthew read. 25, yeah. Um, and so we're not going to read you the whole thing because it's a little bit long, but we're going to paraphrase it. Um, so it's Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Yeah, if you want to read that on your own, you know, 25, verse 14 through 30, if you want to read the whole thing on your own, but... We're just going to say it real fast. So a master was going on a long journey and he gave his talent, which means property, to his three servants. One of them had five talents, the other had two, and the one of them only had one. The first two servants invested the talent that they had and they received back twice as much. But the third servant was afraid for his life to lose the one that he had, so he hid it. The master returned after a long time, and the first two servants told him that they invested what they had given to him, or given to them, and they got twice as fast much. And the master told them, "Well done, good and, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much." But the one who had the one talent made excuses, like, "I know you to be a hard man. I was afraid that." I was so afraid, so I hid it, but you, here you go, you can have it back. 
The master was furious and mad at him, and he called him a wicked and lazy servant. And he said that he should have at least invested his talent in the bank and got the talent back with some interest. And the master took away the servant talent, and he gave it to the one who had ten talents. So remember, the the one that had five talents got back twice as much, so he had ten. And so he gave him the one that had 10 t- talent, the only talent that he had. And this part is really important. You want to read that one verse right there? Yeah, so it's Matthew twenty five twenty nine, mm-hmm. And it is, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Wow. That mm-hmm. is powerful right there. Yeah. That's probably the most vivid, I'd say, example in the Bible, and most clear when it comes to how we should manage our money. And you all, you know, please go back and read it and look at the other other versions of the Bible and, and really study that because that is the heart, the key of what of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, and so, um, you know, I've growing up, I I've, I've heard that story and I didn't really understand it until I got closer to graduating college. Um, and I'll tell y'all all about that story probably close to the end. Yeah. Um, the other thing about that parable is that I remember, you know, I, I've heard it and read it many times and I always thought I was, I was kind of dumb back then. I was kind of oblivious, but when I would read talent, I thought it was about all oh, the talent that we have. Yeah. And, and like, Oh, the abilities and the gifts and the reason, the stills that we have, and that if we don't use it, then we're being wicked. And so, not to say that that's wrong. I think wrong. I've heard that. Or yeah, I've but I don't seen think that. it's wrong. I think no. it just depends on the context of the whole, I guess, Matthew and like the first, you know, the, the few chapters of the Bible. And I, I, I honestly think it was just a parable. I, you can't say, oh, this is exactly what it means. But, you know, in this parable, he's talking about money. He's talking about talents and someone's property. And so, to me, that's such a clear example of, like, how we should use money as as a resource and not something to hoard, like the the one servant that had the one talent had. And um, and then the master told him, you know, you could have at least put it in the bank. And I would have gotten my talent back with some little bit of interest, some money on the side, you know, instead of just the one talent that you hid. And so anyways, I thought that that meant like, you know, my gifts and my abilities. And, um, and I think it's kind of in a way, the same thing. Yeah. Using what you've got. It's all about using what you have. What you've been given too. What's been given to you, whether it's money, whether it's your talent, whether it's, um, you know, like your family, like what you have, like invest in your children, like stuff like that. It can be anything. And so, uh, so, so don't always think like this parable is only about money, but this is how we're going to use it for the episode, I guess. Right. And so, you know, within this, what we're, what, what we've been discussing is all about, you know, how God has called us to manage our money and so, and to invest and to use our money and resources as a tool for his kingdom, uh, and to use it for good, you know, and, um, kind of how Leanna said, you know, to, to give some away, you know, uh, generously, whether that's the organizations or to a church, 
um, or to give to like a worthy cause or to invest in your family and your children's future and education and a whole lot more, you know, but if we, if we do not manage our money correctly and we keep it for ourselves and we just hide it away, you know, then we are like the servant who master called wicked and lazy. Yeah. And that can be a really hard thing to hear. Yes. But, no, but know that God is trying to teach us and to grow us when he shares that parable. Yeah. And so, you know, um, the the first two men that received um, those talents first that like doubled it, you know, they used what they had at the moment. At that one moment in time, they used all they could have and they 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 thought it through. They used their knowledge um, and they were able to grow what they have. So that's what we're going to help you do here in a minute. You know, we have a couple of points here. We kind of want to go through on how you can use what you, what you have, how you can start understanding with what you have so that you can grow it kind of like how these men grew their, uh, master's talent so that you can, like I said, you know, uh, give back and invest into, um, God's kingdom and to your family and to your kids future and stuff you know what i mean um and so that's kind of what it's all about but yeah um you know if if there's something that that you haven't done or you know not done very well in the past this is not to say you know you've done a horrible job or we're not trying to condemn anybody here but we just you know we know that finances and money can be very overwhelming for a lot of people and a lot of people ask where do i begin you know um and so like where do i start and so that's the biggest thing. And so we're going to help you get started here um, in a minute. And so, you know, this is just one example. There's a lot of examples out there, but this is the most simplest kind of that like that we found uh, that has helped us um, in our marriage and in our, you know, before we got married as well, too. Um, you know, just some wisdom here on how to manage your money, you know, um, from the resources that like you've been given and that you have now. Yeah. So I guess we'll just move on to how to manage it. Okay, so I guess the first simplest thing that you can start doing. Yeah, simple, simple. It's the most simplest thing that you can do. So number one is just know where you are at and understand the ins and outs of your money. So one of them is, you know, check out your bank account at least once a week or, or even more, like once a day. And, you know... Try to figure this out. One, how much income is coming in. And two, how much spending is going out of your account. So, I mean, those are the most simplest, I guess, way to get started. It's just being knowledgeable about your money, your own money. What's coming in, what's going out. And, you know, we all have a bank, I think. I hope that you don't keep your money under a mattress, but... If you have a bank. If you do, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, that's all good. I mean, I don't know how you didn't check it every day, but whatever. You have to count it every day. Count all your pennies. <laughs> um, and so we all do have a bank. And so they do have free bank statements at the end of the month that you can break it down into sessions for you. And there's also apps that you can use that break things down really well. Uh, we used to use the Mint app. We haven't used it anymore, but we used the Mint app to help us get out of debt and to see where our money was going to and why. And we and so one of the things that we noticed in our first, I would say, four months of our marriage is we would spend a lot of money getting coffee. And so, <gasps> yeah, no. that was one of the things that we realized, oh my gosh, we're actually spending 
a lot of money we can save about you know fifty dollars a month by not spending so much money on coffee so instead of getting coffee like two times a week like we got coffee like maybe two times a month you know and we can make coffee at home for free and so anyway that's just an example that i remember back whenever we were trying to get out of debt like we used that Mint app, and that Mint app really showed us, oh, you're spending a lot of money on coffee shops. Let's try to cut it out. <laughs> yeah, it can send you, like, reminders and stuff, too. Yeah. But the, but that's good, Leanna. So, I guess, overall, know where you are and understand the ins and outs. You know, like, check, first of all, you got to get on your bank account, and you got to check it. Like, figure out your login, figure out your password. Um, I've heard people say they don't even check their online bank account at all. Like, it's crazy. And so, um, you know, first of all, you need to know what you got coming in and out the door. And so, um, kind of like how Leanna talked us through that. And so whenever you gotten to know your accounts a little bit more, you know, whenever you understand it, you know, for a month or two, you know, you start to begin to understand where, where, where's your, uh, income, you know, coming from, uh, how much, you know, and how much is going out, where's, where is it going out to, then you can try to see where your spending habits are. You can try to try to cut those down mm-hmm. if you're, you know, wanting to do that. Just kind of like how Leanna said about our coffee. And so I've heard a lot of people say this over my life, over my short little life. It says, and you've probably heard it too. Well, I don't make enough money. I don't get paid enough, right? I didn't get a raise last year or... You know, I've, I'm not getting as many hours as I should, right? Or, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it before. And so, a lot of the times, they're saying that because they're spending more or breaking even every month or every week. And so, they're running out of money. And so, they think that they need to get paid more. When in reality, their spending habits need to be looked at. Yeah. Because most of us all know, I mean, hey... You could think right now how much you made last week or last month, you know, uh, and then but if I ask you, well, how much did you spend last month? You know, very few of us can actually say that. And there are some months where I'm guilty and I don't check it that much. Uh, yeah, I don't think we've been checking it the last so, two months, but we were really good with and being diligent about checking that every month. But in the last two months, it's been kind of chaotic. So no excuses, but we haven't been checking that. <laughs> So we haven't been checking that too much either, but we've, we've gotten used to things like, okay, like where are we good doing it? You know what I mean? We're not just willy nilly all over the place how we were. And so, um, you know, so that's kind of, but if you have no idea, you have no clue where your money's going, then yeah, you're, you're probably every week you're going to get disappointed with your paycheck. You're going to think you don't make enough money. You know, when most of us make plenty, we just don't, we spend, we spend plenty and that's the thing, you know? And so, you know, um, Basically, like you want to look at, you know, how much you spend in a certain area of your life, and if you if you're wanting to try to cut back on something, you can or not, yeah. you know. And so, um, you know, I think the next point is really good. I'm gonna kind of talk about it um, some, and it's set a few small financial goals and personal goals with those. Um, so I asked Leanna earlier. I said, Leanna, what is the number one thing that people buy on a regular basis? Food. Food. Yes, that is correct. Food. So this is the easiest way to get started. If you're wanting to try to manage your money a little bit better, manage your grocery bill, manage your restaurant money, and it will help you 
like basic, basic stuff, right? If you're 16 years old, you can do this. If you're 85 years old, you can sure as heck do this. And so, you know, set a goal. If that's a hundred dollars a week, you know, $200 a week, whatever that looks like, you know, um, try to stay within those means, you know, and try to just try to do it and try to use what you have and get creative to help you get through that first couple of weeks. You know, you may, you may want to run to the grocery store every day. I'm like, Oh, I forgot this. I need this, you know, but try to use what you have, like look around and, and get creative so that you can try to stick to that budget. Yeah. And one of those things that we've started doing, how long have we been ordering groceries online? Oh, probably two years. No way. Maybe a year and a half. Maybe, yeah. like, maybe like a year and a half. I think the first month of our marriage, I think we actually went to the grocery store. But I we realized that when we order online of our groceries, we spend less money because we can see clearly how much everything, every item is, and how much the total is at the end before we finish. And versus going to the store and we're like, oh, we, oh, we need some more of this. Oh, we need some more of that. Oh, we feel like eating this. Oh, I want some sweets. I want some dessert tonight. And so, and then all of a sudden it's like almost $200 in our cart versus like $100 that we spend online, like grocery shopping online because we're more, we can see everything. We can see all the money uh, in there. So that's one, I did one tip or one example that maybe you can Im- implement in your life with groceries if you always feel like you go over budget or you can't see what you need and so you always have to go back to the store like every day oh I forgot this I forgot coffee I forgot this um and that can add up really quickly over time so that's one example like that we've been doing and we realized (laughs) there was a few times we did have to go to the store because I didn't have time to order online and prepare like our grocery list if we were just go to the store and we we actually spent a lot more money and David's like let's just David's like let's just go back to um grocery shopping online yes and so you know but that right there is probably the most simplest smallest example that I can think of short term very good example and and just try you know we're not we're not telling you to starve yourself you know, but oh, just yeah, set a reasonable budget and then go for it, you know, and then just see how it works for you. And, you know, uh, select a time frame. You know, I'm going to do this for this month and just see how it goes, uh, you know. But it's, it's also good to have, like, you know, long term and, like, bigger goals. But we're just starting out, so uh, we're not going to get there quite yet. Um, but those are some small financial, I guess, steps yeah. and personal goals that, like, you can do and you can implement them in your life. And it will definitely well pay off. Yeah, and the other thing that you can uh, do is if you're wanting something for your home or you want to go on a small vacation, like, start saving now. Like, for us, we wanted to buy... We had this dresser that we had been eyeing on for a really long time, and it was kind of expensive, but I told David, you know, we can try to save for, like, six months, and then we can order it, and that we did it, like, because we just saved money a little bit every month, and then we were able to order order the dresser that we wanted, and we got it. And same thing goes for, like, we just got a front door. We saved money just for, like, two or three months, and we got the front door. Like, that was it. <laughs> Versus, like, using a credit card or, you know, dipping into your emergency savings, which is not good to do because it's not an emergency to get a dresser. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> boom. <laughs> um, so that's one 
I did this another example of a small financial goal that you can set for yourself or for your family. If you want something but you don't need it right now, you know, you can save a little bit every month. But it can be like $50 a month or $100 a month, which is not really much if you look at it as a whole. So that's another example of a small financial goal. Yeah, well, that's good, Leanna. I I completely forgot about those. Um, The other thing is, too, is um, we do talk about credit cards, but we're not going to talk about them in this episode. If you want to go back to our first season, you can check out um, how we got out of debt um, in six months. Uh, It's episode seven. Check it out. Episode seven. Um, so I know some of you may be, Oh, well, like, what about credit cards? Like, we're not going to talk about that. Um, in this one. Um, so we've already talked about that once, so you can go back and listen. It's a really good episode. It's probably our most listened to episode. Um, which is pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. We also have a blog post version on that. So it's on the website, um, on the simple mission.com. So you can find it there. Yeah. So, you know, like, be sure, you know, like Haliana was saying, you know, be sure you're saving your money along the way. If you want something, try to set that right now, like starting now. I know a lot of you want stuff um, probably on a daily basis. And it's good to start saving. You know, it's good to, to like be patient and to wait and to work for hard for what you want, you know, and then it really pays off and then it doesn't affect you. Like, oh my gosh, all this money just left my account. You know, I don't have any money for groceries because you just spend it all on something, <laughs> you know? And so, um, but we've both been guilty of that, at least me, um, you know, before I started understanding money, before I started to be able to understand about it, I used to do that as well. Um, and so there's been some big examples in my life where I've not done that right and I borrowed money on a lot of stuff and uh, it kind of bit me in the butt um, in the long run but we're not going to talk about that (laughs) Um, so anyways so you know we go over this topic you know um, quite a bit in the episode in episode 7 so you guys can go check it out so if you have to cut expenses to make it work you know that's okay Um, you know the other so there's there's two ways to go on this. Like if you're looking at your budget, you're running out of money, you're not getting paid enough. You can either cut your cut your expenses back, or you can start making more doing something else. You know, or you can make your money make more money for you. Well, there's really three options. Three options, yeah. So you can either cut back on expenses, you can work more hours, or find another job. Or a side hustle or a side job. Or you can make your money make money. Wow. Pretty are you cool. Gonna, are you going to share examples of those? Or that's going to be for another episode? Um, I'll probably share the examples. Okay. So I think an example of a side little, I just hustle while you have an, another job or whatever for me. And David, we actually kind of started doing favor. And favor is kind of similar to, I don't know, favor is more for a tested um, the favor is, is kind of like DoorDash or uh, Uber East and what else is out there? Maybe Grubhub, I think. Oh, Grubhub. Yeah, it's similar to that where you pick up something that someone ordered, you drop it off. But favor, they do um, uh, grocery pickup orders and you drop them off at people's homes or whatever. And so I was doing that for a while and I, we were making, you know, good money from that. Just a little extra income coming in. Um but it's kind of slowed down quite a bit that we kind of had to stop using it because we would, you know, start it and then we wouldn't get anything for, like, you know, for a few hours. So sometimes you have to kind of, like, play with it 
with other side hustles that you can, you know, you can apply online and then you're in, like, just like that. Um, I don't know any other examples of side hustle that you can think of. Maybe something that you can sell on Facebook Marketplace and, um, you can make something and sell it online. Um, yeah. But what about making money through money? How did you say it? Make, make your money work for more money. Yeah. So what is that? Oh man. Okay. So this is, this is interesting. So, um, there's a story that I wrote back in my book, uh, work hard, uh, pay the price and make it happen. And it was a story of my kind of my financial uh, disaster ish whenever I was just about to graduate from college. And, uh, what I did was, is I took, you know, the month, like I took a, I took a, an estimated budget with is like 50 bucks, right? I said, what can I do with 50 bucks to try to make a hundred or 300 or like 60? And so I was driving through the neighborhood one day and there was a garage sale and I was like, Oh, I bet you I can go garage sale shopping and I can get a lot of stuff for like for 50 bucks (laughs) and I can try to resell it. And so that's what I did. I maxed out my 50 bucks on a couple of garage sales and within like three days I cleaned up the stuff, maybe did some painting for sure. Some deep cleaning Posted them up, and I think that fifty bucks turned into like three hundred. I think bad. it was that that amount, and I was shocked. And so then what I did was is I took the three hundred dollars, and I was like, I'm gonna go garage shopping again the next weekend. Blew all the three hundred on more expensive items, and did it again. And then uh, by the month, by the end of the month, I had made a few thousand dollars from fifty bucks, and it was incredible. I was like blown away. And that one little example kind of what led me into this mentality of money management, money understanding. It's like, wow, like this can actually work. Like I didn't, you don't have to go out and like, you know, work for hours just to get this much money. You know what I mean? Like you can actually use your money to make more money. Yeah. And that's what I did. And so another big example, we're going to kind of spill the beans here, but another (laughs) really big example, right? Let me just tell you this quick story just to get y'all motivated, just to get y'all fired up. Um, so the, the the housing market's off the off the charts, right? Most of you all know. The the car market's off the charts too, right? I mean, you drive by a car lot and there's like four cars sitting out and they got them like <laughs> turned sideways trying to make you think that they they have a lot of options, but they really don't. So, what ended up happening was uh, a couple of months ago, I noticed that there was like talk about oh the cars are going to be like getting back into the system and you know i have had uh, a a truck that i bought several years ago um to start my landscaping company and i was like huh like i have little very little miles on this truck it's like the the prime condition um that it was in whenever um i bought it new very very low mileage and i was like you know i'm just gonna go in and just see how much they want for it you know see how much they can i can get and so sure enough, I was blown away by the amount that I got. And I think in those like four years, I think I only lost like maybe five or $6,000, which is incredible. Um, and so, you know, they basically like wrote me a check, right, for that truck. And so at that, at that point, I didn't have a car, all right, a truck so to work with. So I was like, well, how am I going to do this? Well, Leanna, let's start looking. So we looked for three days online and we ended up finding a truck that's 20 years old, right? That has like 5,000 less miles than the truck that I traded in (laughs) for like 3% of the price that I got back from my truck. Mm -hmm. I think it was like three to 5%. 
So, man, like, we jumped on it, and we went out there and bought it, handed them the cash, signed over the title, and that was it. And we were left with a huge chunk of money. So now we're thinking, well, what's going to happen next? You know, like, how how can we, you know, use this money to make more money? And so we were praying about it, and we're like, hey, let's go buy a house and lease out this house. And so the market's crazy right now. And so, you know, for a couple of weeks, we've been looking for a house. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, maybe we have actually closed on one by the time this episode comes out. Um, but basically what happens, this is a big scale of the garage sale. You know, you take what you have. Hey, I had, I had a low mileage vehicle. The market was hot. I traded it in, you know, and so found an older vehicle. I know a lot of people that are doing that now, you know, and it's great. And so we encourage you to do that. And so... Um, you know, but I guess those are examples of how to use your money to make more money. Yeah. Basically. And so, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to that whole, that whole decision, I thought, you know, I'd rather have a foundation than wheels. Yeah. And so that's what I thought. And so, you know, uh, but the reason of all of what we're doing, we'll talk about that later on, probably, probably in, in another episode, but you know, in the end, like you need to start preparing now for whatever you want to do, whether that's buying a dresser or, you know, um, something that you want, you know, you need to start preparing now instead of waiting till Until you want to do it. Yeah. Instead of waiting till the moment of, or it's already happened to start preparing. Yeah. And that's when people get themselves in trouble. So remember, start preparing now instead of waiting to prepare after it's happened. And that will that one little statement will change your life because it's changed our life um, big time, you know. And so, you know, you can start with where you are. You can start with what you have, just like how I started with 50 bucks garage sale shopping. You know, that one little example has really helped me out a lot. And so you can do it. You know, you don't need to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to be able to do this. You know, this is a very, very easy thing to learn. And you just have to get started with, with what you have, you know? And so, um, but do you have anything else? Um, I think you brought it home right there. Um, I just wanted to over, um, I guess like our main point, number three of managing your money is let the fun begin. <laughs> so basically, you know, as we were explaining, like, you know, if your debts are at least minimal or you're able to manage it or it's not there anymore you have a lot of money flowing in and only a little bit flowing out in terms of expenses and i mean what's next like what are you gonna do with the money now like i mean you're actually building a little bit of wealth um now you have options you have really good options that you can have and but in the meantime to remember as a christian we are still called to give with a generous and cheerful heart and um so just give whenever you can and you know we're not meant to hoard the money we're you know the money like we said in the first uh part one you know it's all god's and it's all his and it's not ours so be sure to be you know tithing and to be giving whenever you can and just do that with a cheerful heart not with you know you feel obligated but if you do feel obligated and you're giving every week and you just don't want to do it you know just pray about it and have God to change your heart and your mindset towards that that it's not your money but it's God's money but it's kind of like almost like a paradox because we're talking about how to manage your money but you know at the end it's actually God's but God does yeah. not want us to uh, I guess 
you know, not be smart with it. You know, God wants us to use it as a resource and as a tool or as a tool in your makeup box is what David said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, you know, she's given every chance to the church, to an organization you you care for a cause or whatever, you know, the purpose of the money that God blessed us with is to do, do good to others, not just for ourselves. And so anyways, like I said, just check your heart on that, you know, pray about it. You know, the next part is all about, you know, the intention of managing your money is all to do it for the glory of God, you know? Um, so there's, there's a few things that we're going to list out quickly that, you can, um, I guess, manage your money if you're now starting to build your wealth. Yeah. So the first of all, you know, you can pay off your mortgage. If you're renting, you can develop a plan to save for a down payment. You know, um, if you want to rent for the rest of your life, that's great. But uh, it's a lot better owning, um, you know, for sure. Um, uh, a property. A property, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, um, try to hop on that as fast as you can. You know, uh, the next thing is, is like, what's next? Maybe like invest in some sort of real estate or the stock market or, you know, your education, your children's education, uh, your inheritance for your family, you know, um, kind of secure a plan, you know, after that. Um, we also have a, a savings account that's an emergency fund. I think that's real important too. So, yeah. you know, um, don't, don't, don't go month to month with a zero balance, you know, you always want to have something around just in case if, if it rains, you know, and, and, um, you're at at like a rainy day, you know? Um, and so, you know, but there's all different ways to invest your money. Um, but, but I would start with, with maybe those two, you know, just, um, get all of your credit cards, your high interest yields paid off first. Um, you know, get your, get your house done. Or if you want to save for a down payment, that's great. You know, and then you can start investing in the fun stuff, you know, like stocks and uh, investments, like good investments that yeah. that will help, that will make you money without um, having to, like, actually go out and, like, break your back over it. Yeah. So, but that's kind of, that's kind of it. You know, I think the ultimate goal is to make money work for you instead of working for it. That's something that we're learning and that... It's a, it's a, it's not difficult, simple, but we have to get ourselves educated on that to be able to allow that so we can practice it. Yeah. And so, you know, and this takes knowledge and understanding of money and how to manage it and how to view it. And we've really enjoyed talking to you all about this, um, past a couple of time, couple of weeks. And, um, this is probably like one of my favorite topics, I think. Yeah, you can tell that David really shine when it comes to finances and investing and yeah. and all of that. He, I, I told him before we started recording, like this is all you, honey. Like you're gonna shine, just go for it. <laughs> and he had he had a lot more to say than I realized, and I love what he said, and I hope that you learned so much from him, and uh, hopefully and a little bit too, from Anna. me, a little bit. But I'm still learning a lot. You don't lot. give yourself enough credit. I, oh, well. But you're the one with the knowledge. And you're helping me to build my knowledge and to be more comfortable and more, I guess, like business savvy. I don't know if that makes sense. But to, I guess, see money as a good thing and not a bad thing and like something to be scared about. Um, so David has really helped me, especially like you know, in our marriage. And I'm really thankful that 
he is able to share with me and he's sharing with all of you, you know, how to view money and also how to manage our money. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, We'll see you around. Yeah, we'll see y'all. Bye. Bye.